Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, there are a number of big news stories to get to, including potential life-threatening flooding in Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands, and the breaking news about the world leader telling Vladimir Putin just hours ago it's time to end the conflict in Ukraine. The horrors of war in Ukraine revealed. Our Deborah Pata is there as investigators uncover the gruesome evidence of war crimes. They have found over 400 shallow graves and at least one of them a mass grave. Plus, Scott Pelley's exclusive interview with President Biden and his stern warning for Putin about using chemical or tactical nuclear weapons. Don't. It will change the face of war unlike anything since World War II. And India's prime minister tells Putin this is not the time for war. How Putin responded. Immigration fight, the latest on those migrants shipped to Martha's Vineyard and why Florida Governor Ron DeSantis isn't backing down. Tracking the storm. Tropical storm Fiona barrels towards Puerto Rico, bringing high winds and heavy rain. And on the road, how a family opened their hearts to adoption and let in a lot more than just a child. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening. There are a number of developing stories tonight as we come on the air. Tropical Storm Fiona is heading for Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands, bringing heavy rain. And we'll have more on that in just a moment. But first, we want to begin in Ukraine, because today was significant for so many reasons. The war has raged for nearly seven months with Russia's aggression, devastating families and many parts of the global economy. And today, Vladimir Putin was confronted directly Indian Prime Minister Modi telling him now is not the time for war. 
Putin replied, Moscow will do everything to try to stop this as soon as possible. Meanwhile, President Biden tells 60 Minutes in an exclusive interview there will be consequences if Russia escalates the fighting further. The public pressure on Putin to stop comes as horrifying pictures emerge today from Izium, a city in a region of the country recently retaken by Ukrainian forces. CBS's Deborah Pata is there today to witness what many believe is evidence of more war crimes. This is where Russia came to hide its crimes, and these are the men and women determined to uncover them. The smell is overpowering, death on an industrial scale, and the work overwhelming, exhausting for those on the scene. So many graves. I stopped counting after 100. Look at this one, 195, and there's still more. They have found over 400 shallow graves, and at least one of them a mass grave. This one, investigators say, contained the remains of at least 17 Ukrainian fighters, but mostly we saw civilians, like Grigory Plokhotko's wife, killed when Russia aimed their rockets at his family home. He still can't believe she's gone. Investigators, led by Kharkiv's chief war crimes prosecutor, Oleksandr Ilyenkov, exhumed 50 bodies today, some bearing the signs of torture. We found bodies with rope around their neck and hands, he told us. Anatoly Kharakhatny was jailed by Russian soldiers for 110 days for filming the invasion. Weeping, he told us he thought he'd end up buried here as well. They tortured me using electric shocks. My nerves are shattered. Some of those imprisoned with him did not get out alive. He believes they will be found here, in this pine forest on the outskirts of Izium. It was in Butcher that we first saw the brutality Russian troops were capable of, now Izium, leaving no doubt that this is a war that's been declared largely on civilians. Nora? Just the most extraordinary reporting. Deborah Pata, thank you very much. Well, to aid the Ukrainian offensive, the Biden administration has announced another $600 million in military weapons. In an exclusive interview for this Sunday's 60 Minutes, CBS's Scott Pelley spoke with President Biden about Ukraine's recent battlefield advances and what the U.S. would do if Putin escalates this further. As Ukraine succeeds on the battlefield, Vladimir Putin is becoming embarrassed and pushed into a corner. And I wonder, Mr. President, what you would say to him if he is considering using chemical or tactical nuclear weapons. Don't. 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 It will change the face of war unlike anything since World War II. And the consequences of that would be what? I'm what would the U.S. response be? Do you think I would tell you if I knew exactly what it would be? Of course I'm not going to tell you. It'll be consequential. They'll become more of a pariah in the world than they ever have been. And depending on the extent of what they do, it will determine what response would occur. Well, you can see more of Scott Pelley's interview with President Biden on this Sunday's season premiere of 60 Minutes. 
We want to turn now to the growing migrant crisis in the U.S. as Republican governors spend taxpayer dollars to send asylum seekers to Democratic-led cities. Tonight, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said he is not backing down and will use, quote, every penny of a $12 million state fund to transport migrants from the border to other states. Here's CBS's Elaine Quijano. They're on the move again. This morning, 48 migrants who landed on Martha's Vineyard Wednesday left a church shelter during an emotional send-off from volunteers. They're in my heart forever. The asylum seekers voluntarily continued their trek off the island by ferry, where we met 28-year-old Eliezer Perche, who came from Venezuela with his parents. Perche says he's hoping to find some work and a better life for his family. They'll temporarily live dormitory style at a military base on Cape Cod, which has been set up as an emergency shelter, all organized by Massachusetts Republican Governor Charlie Baker. Last night, President Biden criticized the Republican governors of Florida, Texas and Arizona, who've sent nearly 13,000 migrants to Democratic strongholds in the past five months. Instead of working with us on solutions, Republicans are playing politics with human beings, using them as props. What they're doing is simply wrong. It's un-American. It's reckless. Today, Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, who organized the migrant flights from Texas to Martha's Vineyard using a $12 million fund, again defended his actions. They already bust them out. They're gone. They said, they said we want everyone. No one's illegal. And they're gone within 48 hours. Here on Cape Cod, it's not clear how long the migrants will stay at this military base. Massachusetts state agencies are working with nonprofit groups to provide the migrants with access to a variety of services, including legal assistance and health care. Nora. All right, Elaine Cajano, thank you. Well, now to the severe weather bearing down on Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Tropical storm Fiona is moving across the Caribbean and is expected to dump up to a foot of rain on the islands this weekend. Meteorologist Mike Seidel from our partners at the Weather Channel is in San Juan. Good evening, Mike. So what's ahead for Puerto Rico? Good evening, Nora. By far the number one impact here in Puerto Rico from Fiona will be the heavy rainfall. Let's show you where it is now. It's east of Guadalupe and about 265 miles east, southeast of St. Croix. It's moving here at about 15 miles an hour. But notice the center is well west of the convection or storms. That's kept the intensity from increasing. The big impact, rainfall. Look at this. Some areas on the southern part of Puerto Rico will pick up 8 to 10 inches of rain. Mountainsides and hillsides, there's a flood watch up until Monday. We're talking mudslides, also rock slides. Roads could get cut off. How about the future track? It goes through Puerto Rico. It clips the Dominican Republic again with a flash flood threat and then hooks a right through the southeast Bahamas. Right now, the models say it does not make a direct hit on the East Coast. Nobody's complaining about that. Nora. All right, Mike, thanks so much. U.S. federal judge Raymond Deary has been appointed to serve as the independent arbiter or special master to review those documents seized from former President Donald Trump's Florida home. Last month, Deary was nominated to the bench uh, by President Reagan in 1986. He scheduled his first hearing in New York on Tuesday. All right, this afternoon, President Biden met with family members of WNBA star Brittany Griner and Marine veteran Paul Whelan as the administration works to secure their release from Russian prisons. CBS's Nancy Cordes has the latest details from the White House. 
I am innocent of any charge resulting from this potential kidnapping. Nearly four years after Paul Whelan was first arrested in Russia, his sister got her first meeting with the president today along with the wife of basketball star Brittany Griner, who was detained in February for possessing a trace amount of cannabis oil. I had no intent to break any Russian law. The two are living behind bars in diplomatic limbo. Back in June, the U.S. offered Russia a prisoner swap, Griner and Whelan in exchange for convicted Russian arms dealer Victor Boot. We have put forward a, a substantial proposal to, to Russia. But the U.S. heard nothing until early August, after Greiner was sentenced to nine years in a penal colony. Only then did Russia's foreign minister say the Kremlin is ready to discuss this topic. D discussions are ongoing. Sadly, we don't have a result here to tell you about. But the negotiations are now taking place and the Russians have made some kind of significant response? They have not responded to... Uh, our offer. But that doesn't mean that, that we're not still in negotiations and we're not still trying. Waylon and Griner's families have expressed frustration with the slow pace and scant details. They are not moving. They are not doing anything. But today's meeting may have mended fences. Paul Whelan's brother tells CBS News, we appreciate President Biden's concern for our family. This meeting reassures us that Paul's case is still a priority for his administration. White House aides say what the president wanted to convey to these family members face to face today is that this situation is still a top priority for him, even if he can't give them the news that they're hoping to hear, which is that their loved ones are coming home. Nora. Nancy Cordes, thank you. We want to turn now to that tremendous show of love and admiration for Queen Elizabeth as Britain prepares for Monday's emotional farewell. The line to view the Queen lying in state got so long today, it was temporarily shut down. We get more now from CBS's Charlie Daggett in London. The river of people lining up to pay their respects has become a flood. Determined mourners braving the cold have been warned it could take up to 24 hours. Former soccer star David Beckham, somber and in a suit who could have skipped the line, chose to wait from 2 a.m., 13 hours in total, for just a few brief moments with Her Majesty. Tonight, King Charles and his three siblings stood vigil, a symbolic last line of protection for the Queen. While the massive security operation outside is underway, 20,000 police deployed, including armed anti-terror squads. Not just for the funeral at Westminster Abbey Monday morning, but the reception the night before for hundreds of dignitaries and heads of state like President Joe Biden. Parts of London have already become a fortress with visible signs of security everywhere. But it's also what you don't see. Simon Morgan is a former Royal Protection Officer. You have to have uniformed police officers and uniformed roles. But as many of those officers you'll see, you won't see a lot. Surveillance officers, intelligence officers, all building the picture of what, what is happening within that crowd. The security sweep includes Windsor Castle, too, west of London, for the last procession and final service before the burial that evening, where the Queen will be laid to rest beside her husband, Prince Philip.
Prince William and Prince Harry will stand vigil at the coffin tomorrow. Harry had been banned from wearing his military uniform, but the king has decided that both of his sons should be in uniform tomorrow. And Nora, we're learning tonight that police tackled a man to the floor when he tried to rush the coffin this evening. The official statement from the Metropolitan Police tonight, a man has been arrested and is currently in custody. Well, that's why those guards are there. Charlie Daggett, thank you. Back here in the U.S., another state has just enacted a near total ban on abortion. That story in 60 seconds. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. The abortion rights landscape shifted again today, with West Virginia becoming the latest state to enact a near-total ban on the procedure. The new law bans abortions at all stages of pregnancy, with few exceptions. A similar law took effect Thursday in Indiana. More than a dozen other states moved to ban the procedure this summer after the Supreme Court struck down Roe v. Wade. In Orlando, Florida, bad weather today hampered the search for a student who's been missing since Thursday night when an apparent lightning strike sank their boat during rowing practice. One other student was taken to the hospital. All right, up next, Alaska braces for an historic superstorm bringing hurricane force winds and even snow. And the FBI investigates another cyber attack on Uber. Alaska is bracing for one of the most powerful storms to hit the state in over a decade. The remnants of a typhoon is blowing in tonight, bringing gusts of nearly 90 miles per hour, heavy rain and huge waves to the western portion of the state. Inland areas could get snow. Tonight, the FBI says it's helping the rideshare company Uber investigate a cyber attack. A hacker gained control over Uber's internal systems after compromising a worker's Slack account, according to The New York Times. The company says it doesn't appear that sensitive customer data was compromised. The records of millions of users and drivers were stolen in another breach in 2016. Well, the curtain will soon come down on Broadway's longest running show. Tonight, CBS News confirms the Phantom of the Opera will close in February after 35 years and more than 13,000 performances. The show will celebrate its historic run before closing. All I ask of you is that you catch it while you can. On the Road is next with an emotional story on the power of family. There is nothing more powerful in this world than a mother's love for her child, except maybe the love of two moms. Here's CBS's Steve Hartman with this week's On the Road. Just outside Salt Lake City, 46-year-old Shauna Austin is about to let you in on a secret. I've never talked about it, ever. When Shauna was 20 and single, she got pregnant says she wasn't ready to be a mom, so she made the decision to place her baby for adoption. It wasn't easy. Do you remember holding him the first time? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What was that like? He was perfect. And I knew I would have him for a short time, so I made 
every minute count with him. She called the boy Riley and says she held him for 72 hours straight until the time came to let go. Her Riley was now somebody else's Stephen. And at this point, like with most closed adoptions, a firewall went up between Shauna and Stephen's new parents. No communication whatsoever. And this went on for about a week. It was like, okay, this is the way it should be. She is part of our family. Adoptive parents Jennifer and Chris Schobinger say they had no interest in excluding the birth mother. You know, you can't have too many people loving you, right? Why couldn't he be both of ours? So, year after year, they sent Shauna piles of pictures and these bound books detailing Stephen's every major and minor milestone, like this complete list of his vocabulary. All so that when Shauna was ready and Stephen was ready, they could pick up right where they left off. The two reunited when Stephen was seven. Shauna taught him how to fish, and they have been reeling in the memories ever since. I was blessed beyond words. I kind of got best of both worlds for sure. Stephen is now 26, married with a brand new boy of his own, much to the delight of Grandma Shauna. That was really special. It just brought that full circle around. Especially when she heard the baby's name, <clears throat> Riley. Oh. Felt like that name was just supposed to be in the family. I think the lesson we've learned is that sometimes we create barriers where barriers don't need to be. And when we pull down those barriers, we really find love on the other side. Words of wisdom to help us all live the life of Riley. Oh my gosh, he's so cute. Steve Hartman, On the Road, in Lehigh, Utah. That's the most beautiful story. I don't know about you, my heart is exploding. We'll be right back. Be sure to join me and Gail King for a CBS News special report from London of Queen Elizabeth's funeral on Monday morning. Our live coverage starts at 5.30 a.m. Eastern Time right here on CBS. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Have a great weekend. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.